you have to be focused on the business impact you're making. And so I think all KPIs kind of point to that, that one North star of like, what is the impact? Welcome to the Hyper Engage podcast. We are so happy to have you along our journey. Here, we uncover bits of knowledge from some of the greatest minds in tech. We unearth the hows, whys, and whats that drive the tech of today. Welcome to the movement. Hey, greetings, everybody. This is Adil. I'm the uh, host of this Hyper Engage podcast, and uh, I'm so much excited uh, for this episode because it was long awaited. Number one, number two, the, the the love that we have for the customer success all these years the way we started we we get get to learn uh, from these leaders we have one of those uh, one of those right now sitting with us that has experienced customer success in and like tens of different industries in the past and uh, from from hard tech to you know uh, SMB to digital tech to enterprise tech all kinds of different uh, you know products and companies that she's experienced customer success led and build teams uh, across this customer success we have uh, the chief customer officer uh, of uh, client success christy with us christy thank you very much for taking the time thank you so much for having me i'm really excited about our conversation today love that you're pulling in the energy that's real good so <laughs> now thinking about uh, you know uh, you as as an individual always been customer facing always been working with customers uh, throughout your career like what is that uh, one uh, i would say light bulb moment that you had throughout these uh, these these roles that you have i'm not going to talk too much right now about about what you uh, what you do at client success but talking about fleet management like that's entirely different. Like you working with, uh, you know, uh, companies that have these fleets, you know, uh, working with uh, the analytics, how they, they're able to use tech, which is one of the hardest jobs. Like they're not so tech enabled. This is one uh, role. So could you just give us a spotlight of your entire career and what are the key uh, moments that change uh, the way you see customer success today? So I would say the biggest takeaway I've got is when I realized that customer success is not a one-size-fits-all model. In fact, it's not even a one-size-fits-most. Every single organization I've been at, I've had to redesign customer success from like the ground up through the lens of our customers, but realizing that every product I supported was different. Our customer base was different. The market, our competitive landscape, right? The size of our organization, our our, our funding, right? Like everything across every single company was so unique and nuanced. So the moment I realized that I couldn't take any standard program or process that I'd built at any other company and deploy it and, and expect it to perform the way it had, I think the moment I realized that my career took off and I think it changed my trajectory and customer success. Mm, very interesting. Very interesting. And and thinking of you, someone getting into that role, of course, uh, working uh, on a role such as senior customer success to a role that's a VP and CCO, what kind of, uh, uh, what kind of decision-making uh, initiatives uh, that, that get to change when you change the role? I know, uh, you know, VPs and CCOs, they sit with the board meetings, uh, senior customer success or customer success or heads of customer success, they are working more with the teams with a small chunk of revenue. So how did you see yourself evolving uh, in this, in the in the roles uh, in different companies as, as a junior to senior level? And what are the key learnings that you've had? 
Uh, I'm sure you you nailed every single thing all these, uh, these years. <laughs> I nailed nothing. <laughs> I nailed nothing. Okay, I would say, listen, I think the thing that people need to be maniacally focused on is the fact that it doesn't matter if you're an individual contributor or the CCO, you have to be focused on the business impact you're making. And so I think all KPIs kind of point to that that one North Star of like, what is the impact? So when I was a, a you know an individual contributor managing customers, right? I was super focused on the retention and the growth and the revenue in my book. Well, that didn't change much as I moved up. It just the scope of the revenue and and how many people contributed to the impact of that. That's what evolved. And so for me, I think a lot of my sex success is like deep rooted in the fact that I've always had strong business acumen and understood the value and the impact of the work that I did in every role and how that directly contributed to the success of our organization. So having that mindset, I think was a game changer for me because I never had to wonder mm -hmm. about the work or the impact or anything. It's like, listen, we're very clear. The scope evolves. Now, obviously, as an individual contributor, I wasn't sitting in boardrooms, right? I didn't have to have certain conversations. I wasn't on the hot seat. I didn't have to justify my existence and, and prove out to the world why I was making the decisions I was. That is different. But everything I learned about being a frontline CSM and all those roles in between helped me actually have the ability to speak intelligently about what actually has to happen. There is something about having those experiences and using that experience to convey and, and convince with conviction, right? Like do the storytelling, mm -hmm. having been in those roles. So obviously it's very different in the sense of like, what is the real impact you're going to make? I was controlling, you know, millions of dollars versus like hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes, the scope there is very different. The pressure is different, but your KPIs are the same, right? Like we're all focused on mm -hmm. keeping your customers, yeah. keeping the logos, keeping the revenue, growing that over time, building advocates. It's just the impact you have is a greater scale as you move up. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you just in, in, in less than 60 seconds, you explained the entire customer success lifecycle and it was so... <laughs> uh, so insightful to hear. So now, uh, you know, we had this one question that we were thinking a lot because this digital customer success came on and it created a lot of noise in the past, I would say five to seven years. And uh, these PLG companies, I mean, when they start the business, they start they start saying we're a PLG product. That's a different uh, story. But, you know, when it comes to product like Doth and you are focused more on, on driving mid-market to SMB, we are digital CS that is more self-serve, that is more data-driven. How do you see it as somebody that has a wide lens of experience across different CS organizations and how do you see it excelling uh, uh, in different industries? I know it can fit really well into some of the industries, but uh, you know, what's your opinion on it? Are you good? So I actually think every company should be embracing a digital-led approach. Now think about it this way. Every company historically with customer success has been so people-focused. And that's why organizations were so bloated. And when companies had to do rifts, CS teams are getting let go, right? Because we overinflated by hiring too many people because the models that we built were built on capacity modeling, requiring humans to do all of the work. Shame on us for not being smarter at the time. But so the way that I think about it now is like, let's flip it on its head. Any model that I design now, I design digital first. And then I add humans where it adds value to drive the appropriate interactions, to drive the appropriate outcomes. So- I think every company needs to be taking that approach to this because I don't care if you're working with a small mom and pop shop or you're working with GE. There is the ability to automate and to enhance through digital interaction 
what you're doing to support that customer, right? I'm not going to say that my SMB is going to get five hours a week of strategic conversations that GE might get. But guess what? I don't need to send follow-up emails manually anymore, right? AI has enabled us to do things certain automatically, right? We've got the ability to do certain cadences based on, on data and, and have triggers that facilitate automation to reduce the manual work that CSMs were doing. Think about even like capturing notes from meetings, things like that. You don't have to do that anymore. And so when we think about digital, it's not just digital in the sense of how it's facing the customer, right? It's how are we driving efficiency in the programs that we design and being intentional about where we use the people that we have, right? We hire the brightest people. We, we like I've seen these interview processes for companies who are hiring CSMs. It is like, I, I think it's harder to become a CSM than the president of the United States, if I'm being very honest. And so that said, <laughs> you hire really bright people and then we don't empower them to do the right work, right? We have them filling in CRMs and CSPs and send them follow-up email. That is not great use of our people, right? So I would challenge every single person out there, and I don't care, again, how complex your product, if it's a PLG or if it's an enterprise solution, like if you're Salesforce, you design your model digital first and you only add people where it's going to add value. And I guarantee everything you do will only be amplified. You'll never have to tell a customer, hey, I have to reduce you the resources that you're getting, right? Taking away things suck. But if you add things, that feels good and everyone likes that. So I think managing it that way would get a lot a lot of value for your customers, but also a bigger bang for your buck with your internal teams. Yes, yes. And 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 I must say that the communities at Gainside that are very close now, client success, uh, they have worked really, really hard towards this uh, in the past, uh, I would say, 10 years. And, uh, you know, we were quite, uh, you know, motivated towards uh, making sure that, you know, even though we have a small team, like a lot of these, uh, uh, we have a lot of our audience that are series A startups, seed to series A in the mm -hmm. first two years sitting, trying to find their product market fit. So, and, and they're struggling uh, to find, uh, you know, the best balance between the digital and the CSM touch uh, because they're not... Uh, product market fit, they don't have uh, the ideal customer profile, they haven't segmented their uh, their customers, and they're struggling to make sure how to best serve them. And they're just trying to uh, make sure they, uh, they 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 get the customer success going and they get the retention and not net dollar retention and all of that. So what is that uh, one advice that you would give to them before we get into your role? At all right. Success? So I think, listen, when you're talking about that stage of an organization, okay. Yeah. I'm going to have a, like, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here. When you're trying to figure out where you exist in this ecosystem, when you are such a small, early, early stage startup, right? Like maybe you're even just bootstrapped. You're trying to figure it out. I think in those organizations, you do have to have humans, right? Because you need to be engaging with your customers to learn and use that feedback loop to feed product, to feed sales, to feed marketing. So I almost feel like that is the one stage of your organization where maybe you don't go digital first. At that point, maybe you keep people there because the learnings that you're gonna take away from those interactions are gonna amplify your business. And I don't think that you can be as successful without it. But again, listen, there are little things you can automate, just be mm -hmm. thoughtful about it. But if you're early stage, uh, I don't know, maybe talk to your customers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like update.ai. I mean, they're, they're just trying to do the smallest use case, which is just maybe making sure you do your meeting notes smartly. You do the meeting takeaways smartly. You can summarize it. It can save a ton of time during cadences and QBRs uh, for a CSM of, I mean, serving only 20, 25 customers in a startup. So that can, uh, that can, like, it's just about, as you mentioned, you know, taking smaller things, smaller steps, and then, you know, having a CSM touch because uh, you can only scale it 
if you nail it in the first place. Yep. This is what we say a lot. So oh, I love that. Sure I, might, I might steal that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so uh, now looking at uh, your role at uh, Client Success, uh, uh, by the way, we had a, a event back in April because uh, San Francisco where we met uh, your team as well, you know, one of our uh, representatives uh, with Joan Gleason and Janan. So it was so great getting to learn your story and where you're evolving as a, as a, as, a, as the team, uh, which was really great. So now as a client success in a, in a mid-size, a small to mid-size, I would say. Um, yesterday I had Slack, so I asked them because <laughs> We are so interested in uh, getting stories uh, from SMB to mid-market, not so much of enterprise because it's, for me, it's high touch. It's, it becomes tricky. It's more hands-on. And uh, when it when you have, when, when operations are divided globally, it's, it's the customer success becomes tricky. So that's when uh, you need uh, high touch. So now in the small uh, to mid-sized market, how can success is uh, approaching towards the grow market? Like what kind of initiatives are you guys taking um, forward to make sure you not only penetrate fastly uh because there's competition coming on this category is opening up now uh, oh my you goodness might, might you're telling me of- every day there's another product that's asking me <laughs> let's have a conversation and talk about if there's synergies between our two brands i'm like you literally do the exact same thing we do um yeah. so the, the, listen the, absolutely the, the big focus for us right now, I'll tell you, like as we think about our strategy and supporting our customers and the future customers we'll bring on board, is really designing specialty roles. When client success was earlier in, in its infancy, everything was a kind of catch-all with the CSM. Not support necessarily, but your CSM managed from new to renew, right? Customer came on board, your CSM would be onboarding you, they'd be working with you throughout the life cycle of the partnership and ongoing and manage renewal and growth and all of that. And I've come to a point right now where that's not scaling for us because the only way that that works, I mentioned earlier, right? And this is why teams got bloated is because those models are designed around efficiency modeling that basically requires more people, right? You've got more customers, you've got to bring on more people. And I, I'm not in a position right now to do that. I don't know that anyone has had a great year in this economy, but we, you know, we definitely are not where we would have liked to be. So that said, I got to be more thoughtful. So we're moving to specialty roles, right? Think like onboarding specialist, someone who is managing scaled programs, uh, more focus on community, more focus on retention and growth as specialty roles and not having the CSM do that. Um, really how we segment our book, introducing more, more automations. We're not in a position to do a tech touch because I will just say, Given who our customers are and the space that we play in, what we know is that our customers actually need our help and guidance. They rely on us to be as to be consultants effectively and act as an extension of their team. So removing that might might actually create more friction for us. So we're just trying to be thoughtful about our distribution of those resources and so adjusting cadences and things like that. But where we are really doubling down is we're going hard on onboarding. So if we could just get our customers really rallied around certain use cases that tackle one or two of their goals up front, we feel like the rest of their adoption of the platform will be, it'll take longer, but it'll be more successful in this approach. What we've tried to do historically is get our customers onto the whole platform in the first eight weeks. And and guess what? That is so painful because most of these people coming in here, they've not deployed software before. They've definitely not deployed customer success software. They're probably lacking in their strategy. To your point, they haven't nailed it and then scaled it. They're coming in hoping to build it while they're doing this, which I never say that's not a great approach. Don't do that. But that's what we're working with. And so I can't remove those resources. I got to be thoughtful about how do I distribute those at scale. So we're doubling down on specialty roles and scaled programs to help educate and enable, but still providing individual access to CSMs who are there to be consultants and and serve in that consultative manner. Mm, Love that. So during the implementation, right? In the beginning, as you mentioned, 
yep. onboarding stage because uh, we spoke to a lot of uh, Gainside customers as well. Uh, you know, they're mid-sized companies that use Gainside. And once you're in it, Gainside, uh, a lot of them, they come up and say like implementation is quite a job. Like it's three months, four months, six months at points. So I mean, listen, I deployed Gainsight like? four times. I, I, I'm very intimately familiar with what that looks like. It's, it's not easy, especially if you're not familiar mm -hmm. with it. Hmm. So how does it like uh, client success? Like what does, how does that onboarding look like? What kind of, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you're trying to create it as, uh, as a plug and play seamless as seamless as possible. So could you tell us some of the steps that, uh, you know, these onboarding uh, processes that you've taken to make sure that it is the time to value. This is what we all do for time to value is, is something uh, that we be purchasing for. So it, it is improved. So the interesting thing about a platform like client success is that it's simple to be very honest with you. Um, listen, everyone who loves Gainsight loves it for its flexibility and it's, it's, customization, right? Like I kind of think of it, it's like the Salesforce mm -hmm. in the CSP space, mm -hmm. which is cool if you need that. Most companies though don't, or they're not there yet, right? Their maturation hasn't evolved so much so that they can even take advantage of the full suite and offering that Gainsight offers. Our solution is configurable, right? So whereas Gainsight's customizable, we are configurable. To get set up in our solution is just a lot easier. You're not really developing things. You're, you're, using levers. Most of our stuff is already pre-configured in there and you're adjusting and modifying and making it your own, right? The biggest heavy lift with us is data ingestion and that's done in one session. So the way that we're rethinking onboarding is historically we've broken it down around eight stages and said, okay, great. Like here's your customer health stage and here's like your scale stage. This might be automations and, and one to many emails and things like that. So instead of going through all of those stages with every customer, it's basically like there's three stages that will be required for every customer, starting with like data ingestion and your post onboarding wrap up. But in the middle, we're allowing them to basically build their plan. So if you've got, if you come in and you mm -hmm. say, you know what, Chrissy, I want to do the eight weeks and I want to do all of it. Cool. You can, we're going to, we're going to vet you a little bit though. We're going to make sure that one, you have the proper resources, that you've done all the work that you need to do to prepare, to get all this done, that you've got access to clean and accurate data, right? Like we are actually going to challenge you to make sure that this is going to be a successful plan for you. We can do it. Can you? So we want to be very mm -hmm. thoughtful of that, but we want to give them a bit of a choose your own adventure. So the way that I've designed onboarding here at Client Success is that we know that there's seven real core business objectives that every company will have to solve for when they buy a CSP, right? They're going to mitigate risk, they're identifying growth, they're scaling, it's data democratization, right? There's seven of these pillars. So I know this because I designed these pillars when I was a customer and I was buying software and I had to go to my CEO and my CRO and say, I need a lot of money. So they asked why. So I said, great, I'm going to do these seven things. It translated well. I came to client success. I use it for my customers. So what we do is we say, pick your focus. Of these seven objectives, what is the one thing today you need to solve for? And then the idea here is that because we know what modules of our platform go and support these different objectives, that is the plan that you've selected. So if it's mitigate risk, cool. We're going to help you build your success scores. We're going to help you configure your pulse. We're going to do all your reason codes. We're going to get all the data pulled in from everywhere. Like we are going to be super focused on the things and the parts of the platform that help support that objective. And that's how we're going to enable your team. Now, of course, there's other things like, great, you can capture your notes and your emails and your engagement. Those are standard. Those aren't the things that require heavy lift. So we want to focus around your pillar and then help you use the parts of the platform that support that outcome and be maniacally focused on that until you have some first initial successes. And guess what? Then you can say, all right, I'm ready for my next pillar. And then we can go back and we can do the mm. things again. 
But I figured that that is going to be a way better approach because we can get you those first few wins, make some meaningful impact. And then the other cool thing is like, guess what? Your customer success team has value over time because there's more pillars that we can tackle together. Mm, so let's just tackle yeah. one up front. And then guess what? I got six more for you. So let's figure out what our plan mm. is. Yes. And, and and it creates stickiness as well from a, from a commercial standpoint that, you know, you already told them, okay, as a consultant, we're not your onboarding team. We are your consultant. We are going to work with you as partners and we are going to evolve with your goals. And these are seven things that you can achieve. One of those at a time will help you achieve integration, all data piping, everything. I know that because uh, we also, uh, you know, thinking of building a B2B SaaS platform that is for more of a data analytics and all of that. So we know that, you know, once you integrate, you need to make sure you have the right data to pipe in, you have the right fields, all the, uh, there is, there's so many complications when it comes to data integration. So uh, I can certainly understand why you guys are thinking to make sure that they ingest the right data to be able to potentially that's, use that's, this platform. That's the most important part of the work that we can do as a CSP, right? Like it's garbage in, garbage mm -hmm. out. If they don't have good, mm -hmm. accurate data coming in and the data that they need, what what value is all the other information we're going to build out in there, right? Like we're building these things on their data. So getting those first things configured properly is like where it all starts. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, uh, first of all, Thank you very much for this uh, this entire segment. One last thing that I wanted you to uh, just share uh, the key insights across your uh, wholesome career. What for for uh, for for CS professionals that are willing to switch their roles, willing to join customer success, they're previously in sales or maybe uh, technical roles. There are lows that are coming. So, what is that one advice that you would do, uh, you would you would share uh, today for all these folks listening? Play to your strengths. I think too many people try to be too many things and try to fit this mold of what they think customer success is. I was not a customer success professional. I wasn't a sales professional. I wasn't an account manager. I didn't have the fundamental skills to put me into this role. I was a marketer, but I went and worked for a marketing company. And so all of the knowledge I had as a subject matter expert made me excellent at my job. And so I played to my strengths. I used what I knew to make sure that I was driving impact day in and day out. Don't try to be something you're not. You've got a ton of value. Whatever role you've been in, you have skills, you have knowledge and experience. Take that and find the right role and the right company to go do all that at. Mm, I love that. I mean, knowing your inner voice is super important. Like a lot of people that we get to meet when that happened to me as well back in the years, that, you know, I was in the role, I was doing it for the sake of doing it, maybe some some life problems or whatever but i all time that there's it's, it's not something for me i'm, I'm better at something else and th these are in ingredients that these inner dialogues that i have based off of these fundamental skills that you mentioned uh that that never demand experience you it basically you, that, that they lie within you and you try to express yourself sometimes you get an opportunity sometimes you don't and 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 when the time is right as you mentioned you, you got to take those skills and take those fundamental, uh, you know, uh, skills that you have and, and express yourself and you'll do great. I mean, once, uh, as Steve Jobs says, if you don't love something, you cannot be great at it, uh, great at it. So you got to make sure you, you, you find love and, you know, then let it kill you for life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I really appreciate Christy for your time and uh, all these deep insights. Your energy is infectious, and uh, you know you brought uh, such such a positive energy uh, to this room. I, I wish you good luck uh, with your role and all the community initiatives that you're doing. I was just uh, looking at you just a few weeks back, just a few days back. You were sitting with uh, Greg Gronritain trying to expand uh, this, this voice of customer success across different communities and different yeah. segments. And and thank you very much for such a big contributor. Uh, into the customer success community. Thank you so much. And thanks for our conversation today. Love that. Have a good rest of the day, Christy. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. Uh, we will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. Do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time, goodbye and have a good rest of your day.